on some fucking ASMR while I watched the movie. Oh. And it made it a lot better. Yeah, I guess ASMR would help. What what kind of ASMR did you listen to? Uh, there's a streamer on Twitch that I like that I just put her stream on and it's good. Do you want to shout her out for the plug section? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, Corn Cake. C-O-U-R-N Cake. It's very relaxing. Yeah, no, that sounds pretty good. Okay. Um, what the fuck else is going on? I'm so done with musicals. What's that? I'm so done with musicals. Why are we doing another musical? I don't know. I think Emma just hates us. Why is Emma like this? Because she's a theater nerd. <sighs> but like, okay, I am recording, so this will make it in somewhere. Why the fuck does she make us watch an Andrew Lloyd Webber musical when she hates Andrew Lloyd Webber? That's a good question. Unless she hates us. That's a reasonable conclusion. Here's... This isn't even a musical so much as a, like, what if you turned the like the the like the spiritual essence of posting nice prom photos of school shooters in the news into a movie <laughs> school shooter prom photos in musical <laughs> i don't know if you noticed what i titled the um the zencaster recording oh i did it's very close to the title that i gave the movie should we start the episode? We should. Okay. Hello and welcome to Unsound Theories. I'm Kat. I'm Kira. And I forgot the intro this time. Damn it, uh, I, I was about to start doing the intro for... I was about to start doing the intro for marking out with my girlfriend, and I was like, no, that's not it. That is not it, no. <laughs> Okay, I've got it. Let's let's take it from the top. Okay. Hello and welcome to Unsound Theories. I'm Kat. I'm Kira. We watch movies with no sound and no subtitles and try to figure out what the hell is going on. Spoiler, we don't. <laughs> so, uh Today we watched uh, a movie by Andrew Lloyd Webber called The Masked Incel. I called it Incel of the Music Hall. Also accurate. I also, at another point, I forget what I called it, um, friend-zoned ghoul of the theater. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. That's pretty much what it is. So yeah, this was, what, two and a half hours again? Oh, was it two and a half hours? Because it definitely did feel like about five years. (sighs) It felt like I had to live the entire period between 1870 and 1917 just watching that movie. Yeah, it did feel like that. So I have a couple of notes. 
Okay. Um, at the beginning of the movie, they have like this. So the the whole movie takes place in flashback. Yeah, which sucks. At the beginning of the movie, they have the modern day quote unquote scene, which is in 1917 or whatever. 1919. 1919 in Paris, a fine year. Right. So, first note: Why do we have so many goddamn musicals set in Paris on this show? Um. Hmm, that's a good question. I think it might be a conspiracy. This is what, episode eight, I think? Is it? I don't fucking know how many of these we've done. I just watched the movies. I don't number them. A quarter of our episodes have been musicals in Paris. Hey, Emma, I have some notes for you. I have one note. (laughs) I see what you did there. That's, I'm sorry, that's a really dumb joke. It was good, though. I I I thought you were going to start singing the Phantom of the Opera songs there. Nope, nope, nope. That's the most singing I will do on this show, or any show. That's fair. I, I like how Emma saw the word opera and went, yeah, this will be real great for them to not hear. So I was talking to Emma the other day. By the other day, I mean literally yesterday. Um, and she has apparently now planned out, like, the next six or seven episodes. Good God. To be, like, a series of connected movies as, like, an arc, apparently, for us. So we've entered... Okay. All right. So what I'm gonna call this is, um, that we're hitting, like, the mid-season finale of season one. Okay. In a couple of episodes. That sounds exciting. Once this arc completes... So we had, like, our training arc for the first seven episodes. Yeah. And now we have enrolled in our superhero school or whatever. Oh, superhero school. Hell yeah. Do I get shapeshifting powers? If you would like them, yes. I would fucking... I would go all out for some... I would kill a man for shape-shifting powers. Especially if that man was was Andrew Lloyd Webber. (laughs) I'm going to have to uh, revoke your acceptance to superhero school. Why? Yeah, you're now being sent to supervillain school. Oh, that's fine. Do I still get to kill Andrew Lloyd Webber? Yes. Oh, sick. This is awesome. (laughs) So... Isn't this just the plot of the Adventure Zone graduation? To be honest... I have never listened to more than, like, <laughs> the first hour of graduation. Yeah, it's basically the plot so far. <laughs> kind of. Not really, but, you know, whatever. All right, then. Um, I guess that Travis and I had a similar idea there. <laughs> anyway, we start the movie off with a silent auction. <sighs> At least I assume it's a silent auction. I would have no way of proving otherwise. Aren't silent auctions where you like write your bid on a piece of paper and then you come back and check and like up your bid if someone's open to you? I don't fucking know how they did silent auctions in Paris in 1919. I didn't hear them talking, so I mean, it's a silent auction. I I, I guess so. Yeah, I got you there. You can't argue. No, I you've 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 bested me. I have no argument. Um, so they're. Selling a bunch of old broken shit from this, like, nasty-ass broken theater. Yes, it was 
weird that people would be buying stuff from a theater why are people buying so- yeah they're buying stuff as we've come to find out burned down some like 40 like, years ago 50 years ago like hey guys what are you fucking doing you could just steal it yeah this is paris there aren't laws <laughs> there's no laws in paris <laughs> except the law that says don't duel with someone otherwise the fucking gendarmes are gonna send their rifle brigade <laughs> after you was that for the dueling or was it for the murdering the dude on stage no i'm pretty sure it was for uh, the dueling okay. Theatrical murder is fine. Because the murdering, the, the dude that was murdered on stage was just a peasant. He doesn't matter. But the dueling. Oh, he was not just. Hey, Kat, he wasn't just a peasant. That was Harry Sealing Man. It was Harry Sealing Man? That man was the star of the fucking show until he was murdered. Oh, I, it was also the 1800s in France and they didn't have, like, a full blown nobility either. There you go. But, okay. So, do we want to, like, talk Not through this especially. movie? I wrote so little notes on this. I mean, it's a fucking musical. It's Phantom. It's, it's... Like, I, I wrote, one of the things I wrote in my notes was that, like, it's Phantom. It, it's too ubiquitous to not know what's going on. Exactly. Why did we do this one? Hey, Emma. It's part of the sequence that she's gonna, like, put a little puzzle in for people to follow along with the episodes and try to solve the Emma puzzle. I think I know what the puzzle is. I know what the answer is already. What's the puzzle? The puzzle is all of the movies we are going to be watching involve Mm -hmm. someone with the name Lloyd. Does that mean we get to watch Back to the Future? I can only hope. Or like that one, um, which Star Trek was it that Christopher Lloyd was in? Uh, I don't remember. Uh, we will also probably be watching a documentary about Frank Lloyd Wright. He was in The Search for Spock, and he played a Klingon. Nice. Frank Lloyd Wright was? No. (laughs) Christopher Lloyd. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been fucking wild. That would have been so fucking wild. Oh my uh, god. Um side note, my weird gremlin brain always mixes up Andrew Lloyd Webber and Frank Lloyd Wright. So Falling Water by Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> <laughs> and Starlight Express as done by Frank Lloyd Wright. <laughs> I don't know why I'm in such a weird, like, punchy sort of mood right now. I don't know. It's because you just watched The Phantom of the Opera on silent. Okay, I think we need to, like, establish a new rule with Emma that the movies have to be less than two hours long. (laughs) Because I could have been editing photos or I could have been editing another podcast. Yeah. Like... What a trip. Everybody knows what this movie's fucking about, right? Other than, I mean, like, I mean, like... Yeah, basically... There's good... There's some really good costumes in it. Yes, the, the costuming was great. The set design looked good. Like, you know, I'm not gonna complain about it. There, there were moments where you got to see the little behind-the-scenes parts of being, you know, in 1800s French theater. 
and yes very crowded uh, very crowded extremely crowded the puppeteers were exactly like puppeteers are in musicals now (laughs) extra and drinking perfect i've never been in a musical it's fun it's a lot but it's fun yeah it sounds like it um so i okay i have one note here lmao these old fuckers dress like andrew lloyd webber does (laughs) In the in the um, present day nineteen nineteen scenes, that's like exactly how Andrew Lloyd Webber dresses now. I have no idea what he looks like. I just know that he sucks oh my real God. bad. Okay, I need to show you pictures of Andrew Lloyd Webber because he looks like <laughs> a theater man. Uh, he's a fancy he's lad. A, he's a real fancy lad. But I also hear that he's like a giant asshole. Oh, absolutely. He's written such strange musicals. I mean. Like, isn't he responsible for cats? He's responsible for cats, which, by the way... He is culpable for cats. We will be able to watch on this show. Oh, yeah? Very soon, because it's coming out for streaming. Uh, It's releasing early because of quarantine season. Like, I want to watch it for this Mm -hmm. show. Mm -hmm. And also, I've never seen any iteration of cats ever. So I'm sure it'll be an experience. It's like probably a better experience than Phantom of the Opera for sure. So like, I th- here's the thing. It for me, Andrew Lloyd Webber is maybe like fifty fifty on this is okay versus okay. It's fifty fifty really dumb and like actually pretty good. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, that's a better record than George Lucas. So. Like Evita. Evita is very good. Starlight Express. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, fucking... There's just so much. What if Andrew Lloyd Webber and John Williams changed places? How would this change Star Wars? <laughs> there would be a lot more jizz. But it would be very, very, very misogynistic somehow. <laughs> I mean, John Williams. I don't. I. I don't get the vibe from John Williams's music that he's misogynistic. Yeah, but Andrew Lloyd Webber would figure out a way to get like the Biff to actually sing, and they would say something mean about women. Yeah, that tracks fully. That tracks because um, we did watch the Phantom of the Opera, or as I like to call it now, Phantom of the Chopra, because it's a fucking hack job. <laughs> Um, the main lady character exists only to be a passive point of conflict between two men. Yep. That's literally all she does. Um, I have in my notes, um... She's really pretty, though. Yeah, she's very pretty. (laughs) But, um... I'm yeah, so like cake. basically all of the men in her life are abusive and dull is one of the notes that I have. Oh yeah, they're the fucking worst. Um okay, so there's some like really trippy parts where he takes her through the mirror. Yeah, it's like a weird dream sequence type thing, but not a dream. <laughs> but then also there are arms sticking out of the wall with torches and they move. Right. So here's my theory. He drugged her. Not only did he drug her. He neck drugged her. Oh, shit. This is how it's connected. 
Mm-hmm. This is how it connects to the Unzone theory verse. Yes. Okay. So are you, wait, are we saying that the Phantom of the Opera, the, the titular Phantom, King of the Incels, invented neck drug? So I think it's not. Or did he just get his hands on I some? don't think it's actually refined neck drug. Okay. It's just a neck drug? No, it's, it's proto neck drug. Okay. And like my theory is that neck drug is actually derived from moldy rye bread. Okay. And the proto neck drug that was given to her name is Christine or something like that. I believe it is Christine. Yes. Um. So the, the, the neck drug that's given to Christine that makes her all like, Oh, these, these sconces with torches in them are actually arms and everything. And like the fact that, during this scene, she's definitely on drugs because she sees a reflection of herself in a wedding dress in a mirror. And then like later on, it's like a shitty mannequin that looks nothing like her. Yeah. So I'm thinking she's on I mean, a proto-neck drug bender. That's possible. It's either that or um, we have a elaborate like hypnosis, gaslighting, weird mental manipulation situation going on here so sorry to be kinky on main but the thing with hypnosis is that the person who's being hypnotized has to be willing to go along with the hypnosis like you can subtly trance someone and it's real scummy if you do but like that a takes a lot of skill um i mean real scummy is basically the phantom's mo so that's true he is kind of a scummy dude, so maybe he did secretly trance her. And if I remember correctly, he's basically had access to her since she was a child. Which is strange and... It's real yeah, bad. it's real bad. That's oh, bad. It... Hey. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Lord Lloyd. Uh, hey, Mr. Mr. Weber. Lord Weber. Lord, hey, hey, Lord Weber. No. No. Don't. Just don't. <sighs> Indeed. Because there's a couple of scenes where he, like, starts singing to her and she, like, visibly, like, relaxes and closes her eyes and shit. So maybe it is. He's gotten, like, deep into her brain somehow. Yeah, no, okay, so I have in my notes, um, I have in my notes somewhere in here. First of all, I want to figure out how he sticks that mask to his face. Um, glue. It's glue. I, ass I assumed it was spirit gum. No, no, no. This is the 1870s French equivalent of Elmer's glue. Mm. Um, we'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. Okay, so when they're on stage up in like the rafter thingy at towards the end of the movie and he's singing with her. Yeah. Like... Yeah, I've seen the face she makes a couple of times before when I've tranced people. She was definitely under hypnosis and it's kind. Yeah, she was under some sort of brainwashing thing for sure. He had some shit. I'm assuming that this is just Andrew Lloyd Webber's hypno kink movie. Uh, yeah, just like he has a train fucking movie and he had. Wait, have they made? I mean, musical. Let's take that again from the top. No, fuck it. I'm leaving it in. Fuck it. Who gives a shit? Just like you fuck a train. Exactly. When your name is Dame Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber. 
when your name is that fucking guy <laughs> this motherfucker this asshole it's just um um he's a bad man he's a bad bad man i like i wouldn't have to have any other evidence than this movie's plot he's a bad man bad man um speaking of men's i referred to um the count dude the fabio hair as long hairman long hairman he's the young boy uh the young the the young rich boy who wants to bone christine yes and then we also have phantom men yes i mean he's just the incel um uh, there's like this moment where he pulls out this wax stamp and yeah like it leaves a full like fully formed skull yep and i don't think wax works that way uh the volume of wax that was there after he placed his stamp down. Oh no, was... it was not enough wax to do that. For sure. I did also notice that. Like I noticed that like before he even did the stamp, because like he'd be he'd been giving these like skull seal letters to people for a while. And the skull was pretty big. Like that's a lot of wax. And then it shows him before he stamps it, and there's just like a little bit of wax on it and it's not doing it for me no it was i want to know if he has also has a mask on one third of his dick (laughs) i (laughs) (laughs) it's the part of the episode where you say something that just breaks me for like a minute It happens every episode, and I still don't know how to deal with it. <laughs> That's my job on this show, is to say weird shit. Um, but like, for real, do you think he does? I, Maybe he just only uses one third of a condom. <laughs> That's like, what third? <laughs> Not the right third. I will tell you that much. What third? Does he use the middle third? Yes. Are we talking hamburger style or hot dog style? Pigs in a blanket looking <laughs> dick. <clears throat> oh god. <sighs> We're talking like saddle on a horse. I'm thinking like racing stripes down the sides. So he's oh. still got the reservoir on top, it just doesn't stay on. <laughs> or do anything. <laughs> so I was he keeps it on with the same magical substance he uses to keep his mask on. Oh god. Wait, okay, but I mean, then he can make women come just by singing. It's not like he has to use his dick. <sighs> That's I okay, that is a thing you can do with hypnosis. Nice. That's powerful. Yeah. That's real power. His okay. 
One of the things with him is he, like, fairly early on in the movie, he, like, the first time he, like, reveals himself to Christine and brings her down into his lair. Mm -hmm. First of all, there's just, like, a fucking horse down there that seems to serve no purpose except to walk down a ramp with her on it briefly. Mm -hmm. It's, like, the worst low-tech escalator in history. He lives in a Disneyland ride. But he goes through this whole production with, like, choreography and everything. Mm -hmm. I wonder if every sex session with him is that extra. I mean, isn't choreographing something just an extended negotiation for your scene? That's fair. It just, I feel like it would get tiring after a while. Like... Sometimes you just want to get your guts rearranged without it having, you know, a big production. I mean, that's true. Sometimes you got to get fucked. Sometimes you gotta get fucked. So, and this is hypothetically because I would never fuck him. He's the worst. He being both the Phantom and Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> yes. Like, if we're going with this hypnosis angle, you can, like, take someone down, make them lose time, and then forget that they lost that time. So, like, he could entirely suggest these choreography moments okay. without, like, her actually realizing that it's a suggestion and she just thinks she's dancing. Oh, dang. So, interestingly, I think the Phantom is just, like, a really extra hypnotop, but also an abusive hypnotop. <clears throat> um fuck what are we doing what are we doing i mean we had to spend two and a half hours watching a list of andrew lloyd Webber's kinks so like because <laughs> <laughs> there's also a scene where some where the dudes drink champagne out of a shoe yeah you, you've never been to a club where people drink baileys from a shoe no so one of the notes that I have is, so do all of the actors, like, live at the theater? It does seem like that. And then followed up with immediately, I guess we kind of also established that in Moulin Rouge. God, why couldn't Emma make us watch that instead? I just want <laughs> Ewan McGregor fest. At least he's a hot boy. <laughs> what if that's next? I wouldn't object. <laughs> but I would cheat. And turn the sound on for Roxanne. Fair. Um, you know what I would pay probably a lot of money for? A memory wipe so you don't have to have seen this movie? Yes, but even more money I would pay to see Andrew Lloyd Webber get repeatedly kicked in the dick by a secretary bird. You know I the would... ones that kick cobras to death? I know the ones. Believe me, I know the ones. <laughs> when I was like... A real little kid. Not that young, but like old enough to be embarrassed by stuff, I guess is the phrasing that I'm going to use to make it clear how old I was. Um, we watched a nature program that had the <laughs> secretary bird on it. And then like I figured out that I could more or less get the secretary bird kick down like pretty good so it's like i started doing this kick and then like my mom was like really excited it was like do it again do it again do it again and i'm like oh no this is embarrassing i'm literally <laughs> never doing this ever again oh no oh no i doubt i could do it now cat i will pay you money if you secretary bird kick andrew lloyd weber in the dick you know what you won't have to pay me 
<laughs> that one is on the house. <laughs> He's a bad man. <laughs> um, this movie tries very hard to make you feel like sympathetic for the Phantom. Uh, it does fail in that endeavor, in my opinion. Yeah, no, okay, so, like, I think that, like, in a sense, the Phantom is a little bit, like, I, I, okay, so I mean, like, Phantom of the Opera is not an original Andrew Lloyd Webber story. It was adapted. Okay. Heavily, I am assuming, edited to add more weird kink stuff. Probably. It's based on the French novel of the same name. Which was written by Gaston LaRue. Okay. It was a serialized novel. Sorry, this is just me being weird about Wikipedia. A serialized novel published in uh, Le Galois. Should we do this during like the Wikipedia The Wikipedia summary? part? Y- yeah, probably. Are we in the Wikipedia part? Uh, no. There's still more movie to talk about. There's, yeah, I mean... <sighs> because we have not gotten to the part... Where, for our second Parisian musical in a row, there's a weird fucking masquerade party where everyone's dressed in black and white. Oh, yeah. Except for the main characters who are not in masks because they are bad. Unless, of course, they are normally in masks, like the Phantom. Yes. But he's in a different mask. Okay, I do have one more note. Okay. That, this movie could be vastly improved by the inclusion of lesbians? Yes. Uh, so, okay, so two more notes. One is that Andrew Lloyd Webber is the gayest straight man that I've ever seen, just with how camp those musicals are. Here is a question I have for you about that. Is Andrew Lloyd Webber the gayest straight man or is he a straight man who heard that musical theater is supposed to be gay and decided to include a bunch of stereotypes i think he heard that musical theater is supposed to be really extra and really gay and then ham fisted it absolutely there's no other way he fists (laughs) (laughs) i mean if he's even into fisting it's only ham fisting (laughs) Because there was no fisting in this movie. Uh, there was so we no don't, fisting. So we don't know that Andrew Lloyd Webber is necessarily into it? Yeah. No, that's true. Okay, th- my other note is that I kind of want to do a comedy D&D one-shot where Strahd is the Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that would be really funny. Yeah. That would be good. I would love that. Yes. <sighs> It has to. It has to. Okay, do we want to move on to the mid-roll? Well, okay, one one final note is... Sure. This is one of those movies where, like, ordinarily, the entire time, I'd be screaming, like, Hey, hey, guys, just, she can date both of you. It's fine. Polyamory exists. But... In this case, the Phantom is a fucking incel piece of shit, and he needs to learn how to not before we'll allow him to play with the titties. Yes. So, it's... I just... More like Bandrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's go to the bedroom. <laughs> 
Hey, listeners. Welcome back to the mid-roll. I've got a couple of things I'd like to talk about. Firstly, I'd like to take a moment to thank Takriva and our other Patreon backers. We couldn't make this podcast without your support. You can help us create this show and others like it by supporting us on Patreon. You'll gain access to exclusive content, like early releases of episodes, Patreon-exclusive episode cuts, and much more. To become a supporter, visit patreon.com slash sosasmedia. Sosas Media is a queer media co-op that produces a number of wonderful shows, like the one you're about to hear. Do you like wrestling? Do you like double entendre and tangents about wrestlers' indie careers? Do you like a weird amount of talk about male wrestlers' butts? Check out Marking Out With My Girlfriend, live every Friday night at 7pm Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv slash so says media. And on Tuesdays, wherever podcasts are sold. We're a positivity-focused wrestling podcast where we break down the week in AEW and get on extremely weird tangents. That's 7pm at twitch.tv slash sosesmedia media and in your favorite podcatcher. You should support us on Patreon. If you can't support us on Patreon, that's okay. Because shit's rough. But you should tweet about our show. Tell your friends. Literally fucking tie your friends to a chair and force them to listen to our podcast. But without the audio? No, you should make them listen with the yeah. audio. Yeah, listening to the podcast without the audio would be interesting. What if for a special edition of this podcast, we recorded it and re- like on video and released a video of us recording a podcast, but without the sound? <laughs> <laughs> it would be a lot of me fidgeting <laughs> yeah. and playing with my hair. Yep. <laughs> Fuck, that would be so good. That would be so dumb. Yeah, I love it so much. <laughs> I'd have to, like, actually wear a bra. Oh, God. What if, okay, what if, if we are ever recording in the same room, we video it and put out just the video, no sound? I think that's the plan. Yes. And then we put the sound up on Patreon as a backer bonus. No, I think we don't ever put up, we just don't have mics. (laughs) It's just a video recording, and there's no microphone for an hour and a half. <laughs> yes. Oh God, that would be so good. That would be the absolute silliest thing ever. Yes. <laughs> um, I don't think we have anything else to plug. Review us. Yes, please do. Review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever fine podcasts are sold and allow reviews if you drop us a review i don't know we'll follow you yeah tweet a re- tweet a review if you don't have any other way like t- just tweet a review and tag the podcast hashtag release the neck drug cut yes if you use hashtag release the neck drug cut we will retweet you yes guaranteed the movies are only gonna get weirder from here yeah the weird gremlin delirium is gonna get weirder too except not because i don't get to be quarantined because i work for a bunch of fucking sociopaths yeah i'm stuck at home forever and like my introvert brain is like yes this is good but my 
like little bit of extrovert in my personality is like i need to speak to someone well that's what podcasts are for podcasts for replacing friendship yes that's what i use them for i mean same um (laughs) hey friends it's emma just wanted to cut in here and uh cut their hijinks down a little bit let's return to their unsound theories do the what what yeah wikipedia me mm-hmm. oh don't forget we also have our absolute godsend of a segment coming up bob g's amazon reviews oh yes yes so um Phantom of the Opera is a 2004 British-American musical drama film based on Andrew Lloyd Weirdo's 1986 musical of the same name. Andrew Lloyd Weirdo? (laughs) Was that intentional? Yes. Okay, good. Yes, it's accurate. Oh, God. Wait. Okay, hold on. The Phantom was Gerard Butler? How did I not see that? Yeah, that was definitely Gerard Butler. I'm so bad at faces. (laughs) I can do voices. To be fair, he had a mask on. Okay, fair. Okay, are you ready for my plot summary in as few breaths as humanly possible? Yes. Go. In 1919, a public auction is held to clear an abandoned opera theater's vaults in Paris. Vicomte Raoul de Chagny bids against the elderly Madame Guiry for a papier-mâché shaped like a barrel organ monkey. The auctioneer presents a shattered chandelier relating it to the strange affair of the Phantom of the Opera. As it is hoisted up to the roof, the story moves back to 1870. The theater prepares for the performance of the grand opera Hannibal, headed by soprano... Charlotte Guidicelli. Theater manager Monsieur Lefebvre plans to retire, leaving the theater to Richard Furman and Gilles Andre. Uh, Carlotta refuses to perform after three years' worth of torment by the theater's resident quote-unquote opera ghost, a mysterious figure said to live in the catacombs below. Facing the performance's cancellation, Madame Guiry, the ballet instructor, suggests dancer Christina Daae. It's Three vowels. D double A E with an accent AQ. All right. Standing as the lead actress. Christine displays her singing talents and is a huge success on opening night. Christine tells uh, Jiri's daughter, Meg, that she's being coached by a tutor she calls the Angel of Music. Christine reunites with Raoul, the new patron of the theater, and her childhood sweetheart, which she he dismisses her secrets. Oh god, I lost my place. That night, the masked phantom of the opera appears before Christine, spiriting her away to his underground lair. He confesses his love to Christine, but when she removes his mask out of curiosity, he reacts violently. A theme for the movie. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> she returns his mask to him, and the phantom returns her to the theater unharmed, but orders the managers to make her the lead in Il Muto. However, the managers choose Carlota instead. During the performance, the Phantom tampers with Carlota's throat spray, causing her to sing out of tune, and Christine steps in. The Phantom encounters stagehand Joseph Bucket, B-U-Q-U-E-T, or we call him Joe Bucket. 
and hangs him above the stage. <clears throat> yes. Christina and Raul flee to the roof where they declare their love for each other. The Phantom, eavesdropping, vows revenge. Three months later, in 1871, at a New Year's Masquerade Ball, Christine and Raul announce their engagement. The Phantom crashes the ball and orders his own opera, Don Juan Triumphant, to be performed. Upon seeing Christine's engagement ring, the Phantom flees, pursued by Raul, but Jiri stops him. Jiri explains that when she was a teenager, she met the Phantom, a deformed young boy, billed as the, quote, devil's child, in a freak show, abused by the owner. When the Phantom rebelled and strangled the man to death, Jiri helped him to evade the resulting mob and hid him within the opera house. Christine visits her father's tomb with the Phantom posing as his angel to win her back, but Raoul intervenes. Raoul and the managers plot to capture the Phantom during his opera. The Phantom murders Carlotta's lover. Oh god. Ubaldo Piag Piangi? Fucking <laughs> Ubaldo. <laughs> He's dead now, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but also his name is Ubaldo and he was bald. <laughs> Come on, Andrew Lloyd Webber, get it together. Um, yeah. And this ta and takes his place as the male lead singing opposite Christine. During their passionate duet, Christine unmasks the Phantom, revealing his deformities to a horrified audience. He drags her to the catacombs and brings down the chandelier. A mob forms to hunt the Phantom down. Jury leads Raoul down to the catacombs to rescue Christine. The Phantom has Christine wear a wedding dress and proposes marriage. Christine admits that she does not fear the Phantom for his appearance, but for his rage and his willingness to kill. Raoul arrives, and the Phantom threatens to kill him unless Christine weds him. Christine, pitying the Phantom, kisses him. Moved by her kindness and the coochie, the Phantom allows the lovers <laughs> to flee. Before leaving, Christine gives the Phantom her ring in remembrance. The Phantom finds comfort in the papier-mâché monkey, but vanishes as the mob appears with Meg finding his discarded mask. In 1919, the elderly Raoul visits Christine's gravestone, placing the monkey before it. Before leaving, he notices a freshly laid rose with Christine's ring attached to it, implying the phantom is alive and he still loves her. The end. Bad. Bad. Bad job, Andrew Lloyd Webber. You fucked up. Agreed. It's just bad. <sighs> Do you want some Amazon reviews? I would, but we do have to do one more thing. Oh, uh, what? Oh, awards. What did it get? <laughs> so, first, I want to go over the cast and how one of the characters was played by Rita Skeeter. Rita Skeeter. From Harry Potter. Okay. Um, the ballet teacher lady was played by Miranda Richardson. Okay. I'm trying to... Yeah, there was... There's, a, like, a pretty decent cast in this. Anyway. Uh, development, casting, filming, reception, release on awards. It was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Art Direction, Best Cinematography. Okay. However, both categories were awarded to The Aviator. Um, they were nominated for the Academy Award for Best Original Song, Learn to Be Lonely, but lost to a movie uh, to to the movie Motorcycle Diaries. It was also nominated for the Golden Globe, but lost to Alfie's Old Habits Died Hard. In the same ceremony, Emily Rossum was nominated for the actress and musical comedy and being Julia. Okay, there's this is boring. They didn't win anything. Yeah, well, that's good. Okay, so I actually... Let's talk about this. I had a theory. Okay. 
My theory was that Emma was having us watch movies where the movie was nominated for um, sound design for the Oscar. But since this wasn't nominated for sound design, that means I don't have, I don't know what the, what it could be, you know, like what's the theme. (sighs) I don't know. Wait, are we already in the middle of the arc she had planned? We're at the start of the arc she had planned. So is this is movie one or movie two? Movie one, which is why it's also part of the quarantine arc. Okay. So the quarantine arc is going to be this like weird thing that I was having us do, where all of the movies technically relate to each other somehow. Okay. Okay, and we have to figure it out? I guess so. All right. And, okay... Amazon reviews. Amazon reviews. What the fuck are these people talking about? Boopity boop 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 music. We have a two star <sighs> review here from Amazon customer titled. <clears throat> Actually, the title is the same as the first sentence of the review, so fuck that. The review reads And before I read this, one person found this helpful. The review reads, Soon as I realized that the female lead was Bulma in the live-action Dragon Ball movie, I couldn't take this movie seriously anymore and had to stop. (laughs) Another Amazon customer gives it two stars, and the review reads, Love this movie. Another Amazon. Uh, no, no, another person. No, 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 no. Hold on. I'm still not over the Bulma from Dragon Ball Evolution. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck on that. <laughs> and I. Ch- <laughs> uh, 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 uh. <laughs> I forgot. Okay, can I tell you my Dragon Ball Evolution story? Okay. So, um,. We were on a intercontinental flight from back from France after a vacation that my parents had taken us on. And this was, again, I'd like to reiterate, a flight that took us from France to New York. Mm-hmm. A full-ass seven-hour flight. Yes. That do. did not have any film choice. So we were. We. Oh, hang on. I need to recover from that. We were stuck with Dragon Ball Evolution because that was one of the films. Oh. Uh, Dark times. Dark times. So I had to watch Dragon Ball Evolution. Oh, boy. I'm so sorry. I'm. Shaking a little bit from the memory. (laughs) (laughs) So you're telling me that you're sitting watching this movie going, Can it be? Can it be Bulma? (sighs) (laughs) 
Are we going to write a Dragon Ball musical? Yes. Can it be a Dragon Ball rap musical? No. Are you sure? I'm 100% sure. Okay. I disagree. (laughs) (laughs) That's all. (laughs) Okay. I have another two-star review from uh, Frank Soul. Excellent movie. I would rate Phantom of the Opera a five. The music is excellent, and the performers sang superbly. I enjoyed it very much. This was a two-star review. I have, <laughs> I have a one-star review for a musical that says, bleh, too much singing. Boo. <laughs> uh, I have another review, and this one may or may not actually get included in the final cut of the podcast due to some content in it. Uh, this one is by Sam. Two stars. I don't get it. And the text reads, I'd never seen Phantom of the Opera before. I have to say, this is a re- this is a creepy story. Not scary creepy, but Bill Cosby offering you hot chocolate creepy. Oh. There isn't much character development, and there certainly isn't a moral lesson slash payoff. If you want a vehicle for two hours of music and don't care if it's a story about a stalker that was clearly grooming an orphan girl and also sometimes he murders people, then this is the story for you. That's not wrong. That's actually a very good take. Yeah. (laughs) Like. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to pull up my bookmarks. Um. Now, now, okay, it, no, this, the ti- I, the title of this review, okay, like watching Fabio in a one hour, I can't believe it's not butter commercial. <laughs> <laughs> that's it folks that's (laughs) I don't remember how I did it last time but I found okay hold on Uh, oh. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh god do we need bob to come save us i think bob needs to save us <laughs> okay bob g please save us from this nightmare so this is a review of an item that is no longer available on Amazon, so I don't know what it is. Okay, I'm excited. The review is three stars titled Childhood Popularity. Okay. Amusing seeing an election, which is only a popularity contest between children rather than the adult version consisting of criminal gangs massing together to abrogate the human and civil rights of citizens. That's... <laughs> <laughs> now here's a review from bob g 
it's the review itself is not funny, but after I read the review, I'm going to tell you what the review is for. Pleasant, entertaining family relations sitcom. Seems worthwhile for producers to do a second season. <laughs> this is for Date My Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bob G. Okay, I've got a review for 40 Days and 40 Nights. Oh, yes! Three stars. Anti-hetero religiosity. A bizarre felony tax-evading religionist presentation in which the lead character decides to comply with the criminal gang's demands against hetero activities with a vow of celibacy when previously already in compliance with their demand for use of object rape condoms c-o-n-d-u-m-b-s in such in any such relationship strangest part of the film was the pretense that women care about sex beyond the opportunity to inflict felonious enslavement in their religionist (laughs) marriage and divorce racketeering swindle system to disrupt the intentions of males as did the malicious rapist x (laughs) Is Bob G the Phantom of the Opera? (laughs) Phantom of the Barbara. doing this podcast so much (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh god I don't know that I can do anymore not with the anti religion (laughs) the thing that gets me the most is is why would why would religions be anti-hetero? I don't know. It, it <sighs> This review is for a movie called Ghost Writer. Pleasant story. Pleasant little story about the ghost of a murdered actress getting help from a magazine writer to resolve the circumstances of her demise. How is that pleasant? <clears throat> Bob G. That's... <sighs> Let's save these for more future episodes. Yeah, I need to, like, find some of these so that we can, like, find the good ones instead of scrolling through. Yes. Um, I'll mine this for, like, good ones. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Oh, boy. That's Bob G. Thanks. Thanks, Bob. You're definitely a person who exists on the same planet as me speaking of thanks thanks for listening we We sure sure didn't (laughs) unsound theories is a production of sosa's media unsound theories is moving our twitter account follow us on twitter at sosa's media if you enjoyed this episode share it with a friend comedy is best enjoyed together all music on this episode was created by sounds like an earful Visit soundslikeanearful.com for more. Until next time, thanks for listening.